everybody, welcome to day 38. Today we're fasting from the thought that says, why isn't God stopping this? Today's episode is all about the true nature of God, that he is good and he wants to do you good every day of your life. It's a reminder that no matter what happens to you, God can turn it around for you. I really hope you enjoy. I'm really thankful that no matter what I've done, God hears me. No matter how faint my voice is, he hears me. No matter how troubled my heart is, he hears me. No matter how broken I might feel, he hears me. No matter what's been done to me, he hears me. No matter what I've done, he hears me. Well, there's something very powerful. That's why you need to have that on your gratitude list. Thank God that he hears you. It'll make you love him more, knowing that he hears you. He's not closing his ears off. He's not walking out of the room. He's not slamming the door. He's not condemning you. He's not holding anything against you. He's got no grudge. He's got no beef with you. He's got no attitude towards you. His attitude towards you is love. His attitude towards you is forgiveness. His attitude towards you is to bless you. His attitude towards you is you're his favorite child. You're the apple of his eye. Thank him that he hears you and you will find joy and peace that passes all understanding. If something bad is happening in your life, it's not because God, God's not bringing something bad, but because he loves you, he's going to turn that bad thing into something good. That's his nature. That's what he's like. He doesn't change his nature. He said, I am not a man that I should lie. I am not in need of repentance. I am not going to change my mind. I've made up my mind. I'm going to save you. I've made up my mind. I'm going to rescue you. I've made up my mind. I'm going to deliver you. I've made up my mind. I'm going to treat you good. I've made up my mind. I'm going to protect you. I've made up my mind. I'm going to heal you. I've made up my mind. I'm going to bless you. I've made up my mind. I'm going to prosper you. I've made up my mind. I'm going to take everything that you need and I'm going to give it to you in Christ. Expect love, love and more love. Expect love, love and more love. He doesn't say expect love and hate and love and hate and good and bad and worse and better. He he says expect love, love and more love. Set your expectation on the love of God. But why is this happening to me? Why is this going bad? I got to fix this now because something's wrong in my life. I don't feel God. I don't see God. I don't see anything good happening. Why does it feel like I'm in troubled waters? Lord, why are you leading me through troubled waters? You must be wanting me to suffer. I'm leading you through troubled waters because your enemy can't swim. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. When you believe in the goodness of God, you'll see the good. You'll draw the good. You'll experience the good. The disciples get in the boat with Jesus in Mark, Chapter four. Remember that in verse thirty five, Jesus says, let's let's go to the other side. He says, we're going to the other side. Get in the boat. We're going to the other side. Let's go. Every one of us. God has a word for every one of us. Let's go to the other side of this depression. How? Through love. Let's get to the other side of this sickness. How? Through love, the love of God. Let's get to the other side of this confusion, this chaos, this trial that you're facing. Let's get to the other side. We're going to the other side. There's only one way to get to the other side through love. Believing the love that God has for you. So they they get in the boat, the Bible says, And as soon as they get in the boat, it says in verse 37, a fierce gale of wind 
hits this boat and look at the first thing that they the first thing that gets thrown out of the boat is their faith in God's love. And they said, don't you care that we're perishing? He was asleep and they said, don't you care? They wake him up. Don't you care that we're perishing? Listen, this is the number one temptation in every person's life is to doubt that God cares in your worst moments, in your darkest hour. Don't you care? These guys had been with him, folks. These guys were with Jesus and they still questioned whether he cared and they based it on the wind. They said, it's windy. Don't you care? Like God gets blamed for everything. (laughs) It's hot. Don't you care? It's cold. Don't you care? I don't have enough money. Don't you care? I'm going through this tough time. Don't you care? God, that's the one thing not to question. Question anything else you want, but don't question that. Because that's what's making you sink. Here we see in Acts chapter 10, Jesus went about doing good and healing all. We don't see Jesus putting oppression on anybody. We see Jesus healing people of oppression, not putting any oppression on anybody. So how people can dissect from Scripture that somehow God is the author of evil is beyond comprehension. God is good. And every good and perfect gift, James chapter one, verse 17 says every good and perfect gift comes from the father with whom is no variation or shifting shadow. In other words, he never changes. He said in Malachi chapter uh, chapter one, I am the I am the Lord and I do not change. God does not change. He is good all the time. He is good and he does good. He does what he is. He is good. Therefore, he does good. This is what Jesus did. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit and power. And what did he do? He went about doing good and healing all. That tells us something. He doesn't pick and choose. I think I'll heal you, but I'll leave you sick. He healed all. He healed everyone that was oppressed. God is a provider. He's a provider. And he came to provide good for for I know, he said in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the plans that I have for you, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and to give you hope. Wow. Now, let me explain this word oppression for a moment in Acts 10, 38. He says, because Jesus came to do good and to heal all who were oppressed. So the word oppressed simply means to be dominated and overpowered, to be dominated and overpowered. So the Bible here says that Jesus came to heal people, to do good and to heal all who are who have been dominated and overpowered by the devil, dominated and overpowered by disease, by anxiety, by fear, by sin, by temptation. The devil has dominated people and overpowered them. And the reason he has overpowered so many people is because they have not realized how much power they actually have, that the real problem in the world today 
is not a lack of power among Christians. It's a lack of knowledge, a, a lack of knowledge that God is good, a lack of knowledge that he came to do good and that he comes to heal all. And that includes everybody. So God is no respecter of persons. So we have to stop exempting ourselves from the ones that are going to get healed or the ones that are going to be blessed. The idea that that answered prayer is for the people that pray the longest, the hardest, the the most. Uh, that is not how prayer works. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, whatever you ask, believe you have received it and it will be granted to you. And by the way, he says anybody. This applies to anybody who asks anybody. This is for whosoever, whosoever. It applies to you. It applies to me. Notice what he says in verse 27. And you grumbled in your tents and you said, the Lord hates us. And because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Can you imagine having seen God take them out of Egypt, part the Red Sea, plague of death passes over them. They leave Egypt with all the Egyptians money. The Egyptians say, here, take our clothes, take our money, take our wealth. Just get out of here. We don't want any more plagues. So they leave Egypt abundantly blessed. And there's not a feeble one among them. The Bible says there was not a sick one among them. God had healed them all. God had delivered them all and God had prospered them all. And after doing that, they said, God must hate us because we're here in this wilderness and he must have brought us out of Egypt to give us to the Amorites to destroy us. What kind of God would want to destroy the children that he loves? What kind of God? Not the God of the Bible. He sent Jesus so sin would not destroy us. He sent Jesus so the devil would not destroy us. He sent Jesus so we wouldn't destroy ourselves. But see how they how their their temporary trial distorted their opinion and their belief of what God is like. Sometimes our temporary trial causes us to say, well, why is God letting this happen? And why is God doing this to me? You see how we blame start blaming everything on God because we have a wrong concept of God, because in the midst of our trial, when everything is going good, we're like, God is good. God is good. When things are going bad, we're like, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Why don't we give why don't we place the blame where it belongs on the devil? On our ignorance, sometimes the blame is because we're ignorant. We don't know what the Bible says. We don't have the knowledge. We, we, we haven't found it in the scripture yet. Sometimes it's our pride keeping us in the wilderness, but we blame it on God. God must be God must have brought us out of the land of Egypt to destroy us here. No, he brought you out of the land of Egypt to take you into the promised land. Promise delayed is not promise denied. Just because it looks bad in the wilderness, it doesn't mean that's where you're going to end up. The Bible says, "Yea." though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Hey, the first thing you need to do when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you need to go. Yay. When we go through a, a dry spot, a dry spell, the wilderness, the tough times, it seems like where, you know, how am I going to meet my need? How am I going to get better? How is this going to happen? I don't understand it. I don't know. Hey, that's the time to trust God, not blame God. 
That's the time to hunker down and, and say, no, I know the goodness of God's going to show up in my life. Oh, man, I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I, 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 I would have got weary. I would have fainted. I would have given up. But I believe I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. Listen to me, no matter how many, no matter how many times you failed, no matter how many times I failed, the Bible doesn't limit God's goodness and mercy to my based on my success and my obedience. He is committed to goodness and mercy, following me and following you all the days of our lives. And so when it doesn't look like things are going well, we need to believe in the character of God. When it when it when things don't look like they're going well, we need to believe in that, that this is the Jesus that came to reveal to us the father. What's he like? He comes to deliver us. He comes to set us free. Woman who condemns you. No one, Lord, neither do I condemn you. I go and sin no more. I'm not condemning you. I'm not judging you. I'm not mad at you. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. Right. But they believed in an angry God. They believed in a God of wrath. They believed that God was punishing them. And therefore, the Bible says that most of them died in the wilderness because of their distorted view of God. It wasn't because God wanted them to die in the wilderness. It's because they got in the wilderness and they shaped their theology. Their belief about God was changed because they gave more honor to their present condition than they did to his everlasting character of goodness and faithfulness. They allowed their present condition to carry more weight than God's everlasting kindness. And they started to doubt his faithfulness and they started to question his goodness. And that's when they started dying in the wilderness. God wanted them to get into the promised land. But they question God's nature. They question God's intention. They question God's motive. And when Jesus comes to the earth, he erases all the preconceived notions about what God was like, and he erases all the misconceptions and he erases all the question marks, all the question marks about what God is like. Jesus erases them all. So what is he like? He is exactly like how Jesus behaved. Jesus never held somebody's sin against them. He always forgave them. He never made healthy people sick. He always made sick people well. He never made hungry people starve. He made hungry people filled and fed as much as they wanted. He never made anybody oppressed. He delivered the oppressed. He never cast a demon in them, but he certainly cast the demons out of them. He never condemned anyone. He never judged anyone. He never said no to anything that anybody asked of him. He never said no. He never said no. Can you heal me, Jesus? No. Kind of ran out the other day, <laughs> ran out of healing. Come lay your hands on my daughter, your daughter. What about you, Jairus? You want me to heal your daughter? But look at your life. Look at all the sin in your life. Get rid of that first and then I'll come. No, Jesus didn't do any of that. He didn't do any shaming. He didn't do any shaming. Jesus, come, come lay your hands on my daughter. Here we go. Let's go. And a woman while, while Jesus is going with Jairus, 
The Bible says a woman pressed through the crowd and said, if I just said to herself, if I just touch them of his garment, I'll be healed. If I just touch them of his garment, I'll be healed. And she presses through the crowd and, and she gets gets to Jesus and she grabs the hem of his garment. And immediately this 12 year condition that she had where she was bleeding for 12 years, immediately it stopped. And the Bible says in Jesus felt the power leave his body. And he and he turned to the crowd and he said and he said to his disciples, who touched me? And the disciples said, Lord, <laughs> there's thousands of people around us. Many people have touched you. Hundreds of people have touched you. And he said, no, somebody touched me because I felt virtue leave my body. I felt the power leave my body. Somebody touched me with their faith and I touched them with my power. Amen. And the Bible says he didn't even he's trying to show us he didn't even know who it was because he wanted us to see that the miracle that happened in her life is because she touched him and the power flowed right through his temple, his body into her body and was healed. That's the Jesus of the Bible. That's the God who he came to reveal. That's the God who the Bible says Jesus is the exact representation and the exact image of the father so that there would be no question anymore. What's God really like? Because Jesus answered it in three years of earthly ministry. He proved to us and demonstrated to us what God is like. He's the God who heals Jehovah Rapha. He's the God who forgives. He's the God who brings peace. Jehovah Shalom. He's the God who is present. Jehovah Shammah. He's the God who makes you righteous and holy. Je Jehovah Makadesh. He is the one who began a good work in you and he will finish it until the day of his return. Hey, everyone, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Remember to let Gregory Dickow know what you thought about today's episode. You can reach him on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at Gregory Dickow. Have a great day.